In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The very first sin was eating. Eat, and you will be like God. Then a terrible irony. In trying to become more, we became less. We ate and became empty, insatiably empty. God said to the man, Cursed is the ground for your sake, in pain shall you eat of it. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth. By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread until you return to the ground. Thorn and thistle, paperwork and emails, irritating coworkers and incompetent bosses, stress, thanklessness, and all the joys of the daily grind. We know it well. But our emptiness, our hunger, goes far deeper than what our paychecks can provide. In our fallen nature, we still harbor that greatest idolatry, the desire to be free from God, to be gods ourselves, to have all that we need and thus have no need to pray. The true answer to our fallen prayers is that we would have so much, we would never need to pray again. It's the heart of the prodigal son. We don't want a father. We don't want to live by what our father gives. We want the means to live on our own terms, to do as we please. And like the prodigal son, the more we exercise that very freedom as we perceive it, the worse off we are. The more we spend, the more we are spent. The more we consume, the more we are consumed. The more we eat, the more our appetite grows. Look at the rich. Do they ever have enough? The more we try to live as gods, the closer to the pig pen we get. When Jesus fed the 5,000 and told them to be seated in the grass, we see an allusion to the 23rd Psalm. There's more here than meets the eye. When Jesus was finished with his miracle, they had all eaten their fill, as much as they wanted. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. When Jesus feeds the 5,000, it's more than a free lunch. It's a picture of what has come and of what is yet to come. God freely gives, man freely receives. No toil, no sweat, no thorns or thistles, no greed. The curse is lifted, sin is put away. We glimpse Eden restored. And how this comes to be and will come to be in its fullness, can only be seen on the cross. The curse is lifted from man because God takes it upon himself. God become man, his head wrapped in the thistles and thorns, his sweat forming as great drops of blood, his toil to undo what we have done, by a tree we fell 
and so by a tree we shall be restored. And from this tree hangs his body. Take and eat, he says. By eating you fell, so by eating you shall be restored. In holy baptism, we come again to have God as our Father. And here, restored to our Father's house, we receive bread and wine from his table. We learn, too, to call upon him as Father and to trust him. Give us this day our daily bread, Jesus teaches us to pray. Isn't that interesting? Not our bread for the week, not our bread for the month, not our bread for the year or the next ten, our daily bread. And how that echoes the gift of manna in the Old Testament. Did you hear how it was only good for a single day? What would our Lord Jesus here teach us through this prayer? That we would daily turn to our Father. That the true restoration of our souls comes not merely in the things that he gives, but in he himself, in having him as our Father. And in growing and increasing in trust, so that whether he gives or whether he takes away, we, with his son Job, can say, Blessed be the name of the Lord. Indeed, if he gives, that is for my good, and if he takes away, that is also for my good. We see that he who once took the finite bread and finite fish, multiplied and distributed them for all intents and purposes infinitely. The finite is not capable of the infinite, some of our Christian friends say, and yet look at this bread and look at this fish. Of course, Jesus is God. He can do whatever he wants to do. It's no different then when he gives us his own flesh and his own blood to eat and to drink, not only here at this altar, but this very morning around the world at countless altars. He gives himself for the life of the world. He does more than fill our bellies. He restores our souls. He restores us to the one who is our God and Father. We see that he who fed Israel with manna this very morning feeds us, and he calls all people to come and eat without cost. In this manna, this bread from heaven, Jesus gives us himself. He is the true manna, the true bread from heaven. Later on in John 6, he will preach that unless we eat his flesh and drink his blood, we will have no life in us. Only in eating his flesh and drinking his blood do we then have life, which tells us that we probably don't know what life is. Jesus certainly didn't come to give us more of this, but something entirely and completely different. He is life. In him we come to have life and we begin to know what life truly is. Life Eternal life is to have the Father and the Son. We fallen sons who come to long for the food of swine 
return to the house of our Father and find not judgment, but a feast. Our lips still covered in the ash of forbidden fruit, he kisses. Our bodies covered in the filth of sins, he clothes. Our bellies empty, he fills. Our broken hearts and wounded souls, he mends. We who have been empty find ourselves filled at the feast of those who were lost and are now found. And we sons of Adam and daughters of Eve come to see a most unexpected and astonishing thing, the meek and humble heart of God. A God who in the end and in his own right and good way gives to Adam and Eve and to all of us exactly what we wanted. He, become, he became man so that we might become like God. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.